Did aliens create the human race? Can you base a whole cult around UFOs? Today, we're going to be talking about Railism, a UFO-based sex cult started by a race car journalist. <laughs> Find out if the aliens are coming for you in this week's episode of Well, That's Horrible. Welcome back to this week's episode of Well, That's Horrible. I'm Reese. I'm Travis. Uh, I wanted to mention at the beginning of the episode that we'd like to begin telling horrible stories that our listeners have experienced. So uh, please send in those stories and make sure to let us know whether or not uh, you want it to be anonymous. Uh, and that way we can read those on the show for our listeners. Uh, now, before we start chatting about UFOs, I think we need to ask a question. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Unprofessional opinion. All right, are you ready for the tough question? I'm so ready. All right. What movie would be greatly improved if it was turned into a musical? Mm, Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> now, I suppose, okay, you have Fiddler on the Roof. Right. So... Which is a great movie and super depressing, but it is a musical. Right. And I suppose it would make it better. That's every, every time I watch Schindler's List. I'm just like, this needs more singing. I, w I wish this had choreography. <laughs> right. Little jazz hands. <laughs> if I were a rich man. Uh, all right. The, the one that I'm thinking, the entire Saw franchise needs to be turned into a musical. It'd be like Repo, the genetic opera. Have you seen yeah, that one? No, yeah. but I've heard of it. <laughs> That'd be pretty, pretty now, dope. Now, just to uh, really solidify why I think that Saw should be turned into a musical, I decided to write a little ditty. <laughs> God. <laughs> I like how you're holding like you fucking don't have a fucking yep, head. Nope, here. nope. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> focusing on my, on my sound. Are you ready? <clears throat> I found a game for me. You have a lock on your neck. You must find the key. Well, I found a blade heading toward my feet. I never knew that there was a jigsaw waiting for me. And now I'm all mad cause I slipped in blood. I think my sores have pus. This bomb is running out of time. But just give me back my toe. My mouth is starting to foam. And about my eyeballs, you're holding mine. And baby, I'm... Scared here in the dark There's cuts all up my arms Barbed wire up my ass 
Listening to the hornet swarm When I saw my flesh was a mess I sat and wished for my own death But you heard it My health and my sanity are wrecked tonight there we go. <laughs> That's what I need in my life. More Ed Sheeran. <laughs> so fucking thanks for that. I knew that was going to torture you a little bit. <laughs> There's so many songs you could have done. Fuck. I just want to make your night a little bit worse. <laughs> All right. Before I sing any more, uh, I think pretty we... good. <laughs> Thank you. A surprise. All right. All right. Before I sing any more, I think we need to talk about some aliens. Are you ready? <laughs> so ready. <laughs> All aboard! All right. And uh, a lot of these names in this episode are French. Again, I'm probably going to struggle with them, but I'm going to do my damnedest here. <laughs> Claude Maurice Marcel Verone is born in 1946 in Allier, France. He is primarily raised in the home of his grandmother, who happens to be an atheist. His dad is Jewish, but his mom is uh, also a self-proclaimed atheist, just like her mom. He's sent off to Catholic boarding school, where he creates quite the scandal by taking communion without being baptized. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it still doesn't make sense. Jewish dad, mm-hmm. atheist mom, Catholic. Send him to Catholic school. school. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like the best logical conclusion. Uh, his parents remove him from the school and place him in a less religiously oriented school. Oh, wow. What a concept. <laughs> no, we need, we need that connected. Uh, <laughs> at age 15, Claude runs away from his boarding school and thumbs rides all the way to Paris, where he spends uh, about three years playing music on the streets to earn money. He winds up running into Lucien Morris, who is the director of a national radio program and who was looking for new young musicians to showcase. Claude signs a contract with him and becomes an up-and-coming teen pop star on the radio, changing his name to Claude Seller. He releases six singles, one of which becomes a minor hit. The title of this track roughly translates to Honey and Cinnamon. (laughs) That just sounds like every boy band song name ever. Right. Uh, With the money he's earning, he begins to save money for a race car, uh, which has been a dream of his since he was a child. His goal of becoming a famous singer crashes to a stop when his sponsor, Lucian, kills himself in 1970. Oh, the music okay. industry will do that. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claude decides to work as a sports journalist, giving him access to the car racing world. He meets a nurse named Marie Paul Cristini, and they fall madly in love. They move to Claremont Fernand, where Claude starts his own publishing house. From that business, he publishes a sports car magazine by the title Auto Pop, with the first issue coming out in 1971. He creates a position for himself with the magazine for testing out new sports cars so he can get behind the wheel of some of the fastest production cars at the time. Actually, that 
doesn't sound like the worst job in the world. No, that sounds pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to like this guy. <laughs> and it just ends in sex cult? I mean, I'm still sold. <laughs> right, all the way through. <laughs> Pop star to race car driver to sex cult. I mean, that's I mean, just a rock and roll life there. <laughs> a couple years later, in 1973, Claude claims that he experiences an alien visitation. Claude hikes up to a French volcanic crater where an extraterrestrial comes out of a ship that has descended from the sky. The alien is described as having pale green skin. And uh, isn't that how Alex Jones described his attacker a few episodes (laughs) back? Pale green skin? Um, About four feet tall with a black beard, black hair, and almond-shaped eyes. The alien tells him, in French, of course, that he had come to Earth with the express purpose of meeting Claude. Hmm. Very convenient. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just lucky that he was up at that volcano. Yeah. You know, maybe Super the alien lucky. just figured, you know, it's kind of like you go into town hoping to run into someone that you know. Alien had just gone to that volcanic crater and like, I hope Claude comes to visit. Uh, Totally wasn't just some jaundiced, homeless person. (laughs) Living in the crater. (laughs) Just out there, roughing it in the woods with his beard. (laughs) Uh, Also, if I've learned anything from Hollywood, aliens either speak their own language or English. That's it. Those are the only two options. French you don't is, get no, no, no aliens speaking French. No, no. Elohim, in a more traditional sense, are uh, is one of the words that the Hebrews call God. Actually, it has a plural version of the word too, and it's thought that it comes from the early days of the Israelites working through their theology uh, as far as what their their concept of God was. Hmm. So, what better name to call our alien uh, than Elohim? The Elohim tell Claude that his name will now be Rael. The Elohim tell Rael that humanity is distantly descended from Elohim, who cooked up the building blocks of people in what is now Israel. The Elohim, in turn, had been created in a similar fashion by another race of extraterrestrials, and so on and so forth, all the way back ad infinitum. (laughs) The Elohim also tell him that Earth originally had purple, blue, and green humans, uh, but they had all died. My my money's on race war. I got really nervous (laughs) about where this was going to go when one of the articles said there were races of other colors of humans that died out. I'm like, oh no, this is going to take a bad turn. But, you know, it's okay to be racist against purple, blue, and green humans, I guess. Oh, is it? Apparently, according yeah, to mean, the Elohim, at least. Think how bad people treat people just because their skin's darker. I mean, imagine if they were purple. <laughs> the racism <laughs> they would face. Oh, everyone oh. would hate that. <laughs> he goes on to explain that around 40 prophets throughout history were sent by the Elohim, but that their messages had been distorted by humans, mostly because the alien civilization was so much more advanced than those of Earth. But don't worry, everyone. Claude is here to set the record straight. (laughs) Claude, who is, again, given the name of Rael, says that it is now his sworn duty to inform the world of humanity's origins and to prepare everyone for the return of the extraterrestrials. To do this, we must create an embassy in a neutral territory. He explains that many mysteries were revealed to him through new interpretations of historical religious texts, Uh, mostly the Bible. For instance, 
the great flood. And again, I know you're not as familiar with a lot of the Bible stories. So if there's any of these where I'm like, of course, everyone knows this and you don't <laughs> stop me and I'll give you a quick run through. <laughs> okay. uh, so for instance, the great flood of Genesis wasn't caused by God's anger. No, no, no. Oh, nay, nay. It was caused by exploding nuclear missiles. Oh. How, did, how did the translation guys get this so wrong? I feel like, you know, flood nuclear missiles. The flood, is that the ark? Yes, okay. yeah, no in the ark and all that. Yep. Okay. And uh uh <laughs> it was actually I don't remember if I put this later. Um oh yes, I mentioned it later. But uh so he also tells people that Satan is actually just another Elohim who didn't want the other Elohim to experiment with humans. So he tries to wipe us all out. Uh that same story um with Noah and his ark uh, also gets the same rewrite from the Elohim. It wasn't a big-ass boat. It was actually a spaceship. Mm. There's uh, also a story where a bunch of people get together and uh, build a huge tower called the Tower of Babel. So the story is that, you know, they all get together, build a giant tower. They were getting too close to heaven, and so they were cursed with all speaking different languages, right? So that they wouldn't make their way to heaven, because that... That was apparently a big no-no, I guess. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's a weird one. Uh, Is that? Oh, okay. Babel makes sense, though. I had no idea. That's Tower actually where it comes from. Yeah. I had yep. no idea. Also, the uh, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, Babelfish. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's where I always That was the it. reference. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. Um, but uh, the Elohim inform him that uh, it's actually a rocket designed for the conquest of space. Hmm. So there's that. The Israelites being able to cross the Red Sea. Uh, so, you know, there's that. There's Moses, right? Yep, yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he finds out that it's not by God pushing the water apart, but by using repulsion beams to part the water. <laughs> there's... Gotta get those repulsion beams. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that verse. Uh, there's also another book of the Bible called Ezekiel. Uh, for the most part, it just sounds like a fever dream mixed with a bad acid trip. The whole book is <laughs> super off the wall. Uh, the creatures described in that book apparently moved about by wearing anti-gravity suits with small jet engines attached for directional purposes. The miracles of healing performed by Jesus were accomplished by use of a concentrated laser-like beam shot from off Earth onto the people that he was... Off Earth. Off right. Earth. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, I know not everyone, again, is familiar with these stories, but I was absolutely fascinated by what this guy came up with. Well, well his... I, it had to have been an acid trip up there on the <laughs> volcano. <laughs> Another story right at the beginning of Genesis tells uh, of Adam and Eve getting kicked out of the Garden of Eden for munching on some fruit and talking up a snake. And when they get kicked out, a couple angels with flaming swords are supposed to have stood at the entrance to the garden um, and not let them back into Eden because they'd, <laughs> they'd messed up by eating fruit. Uh, just, and just to make sure no other miscreants get in too. Uh, Rael reveals that these were essentially Elohim security guards equipped with atomic disintegration weapons. And that uh, the humans were kicked out of the lab because they had an aggressive streak. Hmm. I feel like these rewrites were done by uh, Calvin 
of Calvin and Hobbes fame. <laughs> For real. <laughs> it sounds like a spaceman spiff. This sounds like something I'd be into. <laughs> like, I'm like, this sounds all pretty fucking awesome. I, like, I know. I'm not off board. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed uh, a lot of his reconceptualization of some of these stories. Like, I would definitely read this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what I don't understand is that he bases all of his beliefs on current religions, but completely ignores older ones like uh, Norse, Greek, and Roman theologies. He just moves right past them. Uh, Hmm. Jesus plays a role in their theology as well, and uh, he was labeled as the 38th prophet, followed by Joseph Smith of Mormon fame. (laughs) He throws in all of these, like, uh, uh, Buddha and Jesus and Muhammad and then Joseph Smith. I'm not sure why he jumped in there with one <laughs> random side religion. Um, right. Which, <laughs> Mormonism, that random side religion. <laughs> well, I do feel like it's it's not necessarily, you know, like the big three or the big four. It's still, it's still kind of a tangent off of one of the others. Okay. <laughs> Rael is set to be the 40th and final prophet. Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, as it were, but rather Mary had gotten pregnant by artificial insemination by the president of the Council of the Eternals. Hmm. Not to be left out... Council of the Eternals. That's dope, too. I know. This is getting more and more cool. (laughs) And the Council of the Eternals, I think we get into... But it's essentially God. The the main one, you know. Uh, Not to be left out, it turns out that Rael was also born from the president, Yahweh, which makes him the stepbrother of Jesus. So, <laughs> yeah. So what he claims is that God was feeling a bit randy and uh, and got Mary pregnant. And so that's where they had Jesus. And then he was like, you know what? I need another one of these. And uh, he got Rael's mom pregnant. And uh, now Rael is here. And Jesus' resurrection wasn't actually a resurrection, but the Elohim cloning Jesus from a single cell before his death. In 1974, he closes up shop on his Autopop publication so he can really focus on being the mouthpiece of the Elohim. By this time, he states that this responsibility has been given to him by his, quote, biological father, uh, meaning Yahweh. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, again, this guy goes by the name Yahweh. Ever heard of him? Kind of a big deal. Uh, right after this, he has his first public conference where he invites people to become part of his group, which is later called the International Raelian Movement. He also states that in 1975, an Elohim snatches him and takes him to another planet, where he gets to meet Buddha, Moses, Jesus, and Muhammad. They inform Rael that after the first nuclear bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, Japan... The world had entered into the Age of Apocalypse, and uh, they also referred to it as the Age of Aquarius, which I think they were just riding with the times. It was the 70s. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, He makes sure to clarify that only the most intelligent members of a planet are asked to be the Elohim's mouthpiece and become the leader of the planet, and he just so happens to be the only person alive currently that they picked. (laughs) Lucky for him. So lucky. Rael begins to build more and more followers from his books. As the cult begins to grow, so do their beliefs. When new members join, there is quite the ritual. First, they must be baptized, which they call, quote, the cellular plan. 
I, I think Verizon <laughs> is the same thing. This right is only carried out four times a year, much like quarterly expense reports. <laughs> the first right of the year is performed on the first Sunday in April to commemorate the first time Rael baptized his first 40 followers in 1976. The second is the 6th of August, which is the day that the atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. The third is the 7th of October, the day Rael hopped a jet to go visit all the religious bigwigs up on another planet. The last date of the year is December 13th, which is the date of Rael's first encounter with the Elohim, and when he finds out that he's super extra special. <laughs> the baptism itself is very similar to other religions in that a leader of the church sprinkles water on the new member. One pretty big difference, though, is that the members are expected to communicate telepathically with extraterrestrials afterwards. I mean, actually, now that I think about it, that's not that different. I mean, the <laughs> assumption is that most people are going to commune with whatever god they're worshiping after right. they get into the church. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> you had a realization moment there. Yeah. <laughs> to make sure they, with their cellular plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> To make sure they have a good signal, all members present join hands, much like wrapping tinfoil on your rabbit ears on the TV. If the applicant is considered worthy, the Elohim will guarantee their immortality by cloning them. Um, interestingly enough, these guys don't believe in an afterlife or a soul or anything like that. So uh, they focus on cloning as a method mm. of, quote unquote, eternal life, as opposed to Just thinking... Repeatedly cloned over yep. and over? Yep, as opposed to thinking that they'll, you know, move up to a higher plane or something after death. So, really, it wouldn't be you, just a person that looks like you. Um, not exactly the same thing as immortality. Once the <laughs> applicant successfully gets through the initiation, they sign a contract giving a mortician permission to cut a bone from their forehead, uh, the third eye, post-mortem. The bone is then to be packed on ice and mailed to Rael who will then take it to the Elohim. It's fucking I, weird. I love the concept <laughs> that... weird, bro. <laughs> I, I love the concept that transporting human tissue to extraterrestrials for immortality purposes involves the United States Postal Service. <laughs> you gotta, nail it. You gotta work with what you're given. You know, use right. the tools at your disposal. In 1980, Rael publishes a book on the subject of sensual meditation. Mm. This is a technique that was taught to him by the Elohim during his second encounter with him. Not sure if it was presented in a classroom setting, you know, with diagrams and whatnot, or if it was just a giant orgy and Rail was taking notes over in the corner. <laughs> Either way, he learned some shit. In the book, he provides the recipe for achieving a, quote, cosmic orgasm. Is that that thing you did last night with your finger in the rolling pin? <laughs> if so, I am down. <laughs> That's it. That's what it exactly. The whole rolling pin. <laughs> Rael first introduces this concept at a seminar he is giving for noobs to the cult. Members lie on the floor in dim lighting during the meeting. A guide speaks softly through a microphone and leads the participants through relaxation exercises called Harmonization with the Infinite. Hmm. It starts with deep breathing and travel through different body parts, which is honestly just a pretty well-known technique for relaxation of the body. Right. That was nothing new. 
During this, members repeat phrases like, I am very calm, or my arms and legs are very warm. <laughs> Once everyone is relaxed, the leader provides a guided visualization to seek a telepathic connection with the Elohim, where the Elohim lead the person to their planet. So apparently it's not the thing with the, with the finger and the rolling pin. <laughs> Uh, during this second encounter, Rael says that he had sex with several biological robot women, and he watched <laughs> as they made several clones from his uh, um, biological material, let's call it. His spunk. <laughs> yep, that's the scientific term. <laughs> Spunkicus groscus. Spunkicus groscus. That's good. I like that. Rael then meets with another Elohim who goes by the name Etlon Kin. Raylon discovers that when the name is reversed, it spe- spells Nick Nolte. <laughs> hey there, buckaroonie. I need you to bang all these sex bots so we can make a bunch of Raylettes. I'm going to try to make sure Satan doesn't blow your shit up, but honestly, he makes some pretty good points. <laughs> Rael also pushes a pretty relaxed attitude towards sexuality. He promotes free love and acknowledges that sex is a normal, important, and healthy part of life. In a surprisingly modern perspective, realism has, as far as we can tell, no homophobia and does not discriminate because of sexual orientation. Hmm. Uh, in true cult leader fashion, however, Rael sets the groundwork for some sexy time for himself. Regarding marriage, he advocates for polygamy over monogamy. In his celestially inspired mind, long-term relationships never end well. The Raelian approach, the Raelian approach to having children is equally out of the ordinary. The basic concept is similar to China the basic concept is similar to China's one-child policy, which requires that families limit their spawnlings to uh, just one so as to control hmm. the population growth. Uh, Raelians even hold summer courses and summer camps to help members discover their own sexuality. But that just sounds like a warm weather orgy. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds nice. By 1990, the Raelians have sent their version of missionaries to Japan, Africa, and Australia. Um, And in fact, there's still a big chunk of believers in Korea, too, interestingly enough. I mean, this... Sounds like this has been going on 20 years. Yeah. Like this has been, that's wild. Well, that was the 70s. Yeah. So so like, fuck, 40 years? 40, 50 years. Yeah. 50 years. (laughs) Jesus Uh Christ. Yeah. 51 years. It's long term at this point. Uh, Fast forward to 1997. The Raelian movement founds Clonade, which is a company that provides sports drinks for Raelian members. The secret ingredient is blended clones provided by the Elohim. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, actually, CloneAid is an organization dedicated to human cloning. Uh, remember that it was about this time that the cloned sheep, Dolly, was firmly in the headlines. In 2002, CloneAid claims that they have successfully cloned a human being whom they affectionately call Eve. This claim gets them a ton of media attention, and most of it's bad. They allow no independent scientists to look at the baby, even, 
and they don't even allow anyone to see the equipment used to create Eve. They go on to claim that they have cloned more babies now, and even to this day offer cloning of humans if the customer can pay. They even claim that the cost of creating a human clone is just $200,000, which is... 200K. uh Uh-huh. Yep. Which is kind of interesting because that same year, Texas A&M is attempting to clone a dog, and they estimate that the process will cost about two point five million. <laughs> okay, but so ev- I guess two hundred k. Yeah, <laughs> that is actually <laughs> everyone knows that it's easier to clone humans than dogs. It's just much. I read simpler. somewhere that we're only like a couple strains of DNA away from an onion. So you know, yeah, I could probably <laughs> clone an onion if I really wanted to. <laughs> I yeah, have, I bet you could. I have numerous kitchen appliances I could use. I have beakers <laughs> and other scientific items. <laughs> Just beakers. Just beakers. <laughs> That's what I call my glasses. Uh, that same year, Rael is lucky enough to be visited a third time by the Elohim. They inform him that he needs to form a group of women he calls Rael's Angels. <laughs> Real original. (laughs) The pink angels are beautiful women that are required to remain chaste so they can better perform their geisha-like duties for the Elohim when they come back to Earth. The golden angels are a group of women whose duty it is to essentially just sleep with everyone in the group. But (laughs) interestingly enough, there was a lot that surprised me about uh, this topic. I thought he was going to be a lot dirtbaggier than he wound up being. Um, but it was, it was not as horrifying as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> in 2000, Clonaid moves their official headquarters to Vegas, which we all know is the technological and scientific mecca of the world. <laughs> they, al- they also find a couple willing to fund a clone, which costs them $1.5 million. What's heartbreaking is that this couple had lost their daughter to a medical mistake, and Clonade had claimed that they could replace their daughter with a clone, memories and all. A year later, in 2001, the FDA is sent in to check on a supposed cloning facility run by Clonade in West Virginia. What they find is a single grad student with uh, who actually had top-of-the-line scientific lab equipment and uh, he was collecting cow ovum from a local slaughterhouse. So they bust in, and this poor single grad student who has been tasked <laughs> with cloning humans is just sitting there just scraping ovum off of dead cow ovaries because that's Gross. the only thing he can figure out to do. <laughs> I'm doing my best, you guys. <laughs> uh, but this cloning lab is set up in a room rented from the local high school. nice (laughs) Uh, this guy had to have been super stressed out (laughs) I'm sorry guys I'm a grad student but I'm actually trying to focus on philosophy I went down the (laughs) hall and grabbed some beakers but I have no idea where to go from here well Kyle your internship (laughs) relies on you making this human clone so you better figure it out the West Virginia lab is set up to create a clone for Mark Hunt, who is a retired state legislator. His son had died from respiratory failure, and he just wanted his son back. He winds up cutting a deal with the feds once they discover this cloning facility, signing a contract that he would not participate in any aspect of cloning on U.S. soil again. 
honestly, the the majority, like I said, the majority of what the Raelianism movement did um, was fairly benign, and some of it, I would argue, was honestly positive as Mm -hmm. far as their social perspectives. Um, But to take advantage of grieving parents... Yeah, that's scumbag. That's cold. Um, that, That really is what did it for me of deciding that, nope, these guys are terrible. Clonade also claims that memories and personality are all stored in that little chunk of skull in the front of your head and that they can implant them in the clone. Now, the question is, even with the same memories and personality, would it be the same person? Um, I'm going to nerd out here, but that same discussion has actually happened regarding the transporters in Star Trek. (laughs) Because the basic concept in Star Trek with the transporters is that the person is supposed to be broken down to the molecular level and then essentially reassembled molecule by molecule on the other side. That's how they transport from place to place. Um, So it begs Hmm. the question, is it actually the same person on the other end or are they murdering the original by disassembling them and then creating an entirely new person who may have the same memories if they're able to do that. But is that the same person or are they just making clones and essentially copies of copies of copies of copies every time someone transports? I mean, are they transferring the body like the broken down pieces and reassembling the same broken down pieces or are they making new pieces? I don't know if they're using the original material, but even if it is, the same material, is it really the same person if it's completely disassembled and put back together? I mean, person is the ego. That's true. And if you think about it, too, I mean, it's, what is it, like, every six months we're technically a brand new person because all of our cells have regenerated, so technically we are not the same body as we had before, same memories, personality, all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was just something that stuck in my head, and I was trying to figure out if that would be the original <laughs> or if it was just a clone that thought they were the original. Um, I mean, is an AI a person? Not unless they're sentient. Yeah, if it is. But if they are sentient, I don't know. That's that's the discussion. If we could upload our consciousness into mm-hmm. a digital form, would we still be a person or would we just be lines of code deep thoughts we're lines of dna right now anyway this <laughs> this went way deeper than i thought it was going to uh rail states that he believes that we should bring hitler and the 9-11 terrorists back to life via cloning to charge them and punish them i i think the world is probably a better place without bringing them back right we don't need to clone those guys we don't need them back <laughs> One of the larger controversies is because of their symbol, which happens to be a Star of David with a swastika in the middle. (laughs) Isn't that what Kanye just got kicked off Twitter is posting like the same thing? So I found out (laughs) that was the symbol that he posted was the Raelianism symbol that they had used. And their argument was it was used by Hindus for centuries before that. I'm like, Okay, but that meaning has changed, <laughs> right. and you shouldn't use it. I was going to say that uh, 
I would post a picture of it on social so people could see what we're talking <laughs> maybe, about. Maybe don't I do that. <laughs> think that's probably the quickest way we could get ourselves blacklisted from social media. So I'm just going to say, if you guys are curious, you can Google it. It's easy to find. <laughs> on your work computer, please. <laughs> Definitely on your work computer. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't want to get kicked off socials right now. <laughs> Everyone gets pretty riled up about this, understandably. Um, but again, I don't, I don't really see the issue. <laughs> I, those two symbols, the Star David and the swastika, like, historically, they've gotten along super well. So well. I don't... Everyone gets upset about things these days. <laughs> the world thought that Raelians had moved into the background. That is until 2018. A rapper by the name of Kid Boo is on a radio show hosted by DJ Vlad. Uh, DJ Vlad coming at you with those Russian hits. <laughs> <laughs> on the show, he claims to be a uh, third-generation clone made by Clonade. He even says that they'd taken his entire skull for making the first clone. And he says that's why he doesn't remember big chunks of his childhood. I'm sure it has nothing to do with, um, you know, trauma or probably doing copious amounts of drugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, the Raelian movement is still up and running. By and large, I actually don't have a huge issue with this group. Like I said, it didn't wind up checking as many of the boxes on the cult checklist as I thought it would. The members were never encouraged to abandon their families, uh, never asked to leave their friends. They were not required to give all their money. Um, supposedly, all of the money that they gave was voluntary and not coerced. Uh, for the most part, weren't asked to do anything particularly heinous. Um, but again, back to telling grieving parents that they can get their child back is, is really what got this group on the show. All that other stuff, no matter what you're doing, how good you are, if, if you are manipulating grieving people to get money out of them, that makes you a trash human being. So Travis, do you think extraterrestrials exist? And if so, do you think they visited earth? I think they exist. I mean, how conceited would it be for us to think that we're the only life in this ever-expanding universe? Right. Like, they definitely exist. Whether or not they've come here, like, come to Earth, like, would you come to Earth? Like, I maybe as, like, kind of, like, cry porn. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you look at, like, intentionally super sad stuff to get sad. Right, Like, right. that would be the entire alien experience of coming to Earth. They're like, let's go to Earth. I feel like just having a good cry today. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, watching Schindler's List, that's the same as, you know, them. they just show up to sob for a while. But I, I agree. I think statistically... There have to be other intelligent life forms out mm -hmm. there. It just it with with the infinite number of planets out there and solar systems, and we still have no comprehension of how far out it goes. Statistically, there have to be intelligent races of extraterrestrials right. out there. I, Absolutely. I think, and even if they are more advanced than us and advanced enough to be able to travel to Earth to check it out. I mean, it could be like visiting a zoo. You know, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll go just because a family of raccoons is not developed enough to drive a car 
doesn't mean I wouldn't watch the hell out of a bunch of raccoons tearing apart a turkey carcass or something. Like, that's just <laughs> fascinating. And that's probably why <laughs> aliens would come to Earth and be like, look, look at them. Look at what they're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I do. I, that I one's think... eating that other one's face. <laughs> It's amazing what bath salts will do. (laughs) All right. So before the Elohim show up, I think we need some good news. All right. Good news, everyone. Well, that's not so horrible. All right. What do we got, Travis? So the good news is uh, New Mexico, uh, they have, which I never really think of New Mexico as like progressive and like, Something that's doing good stuff, but... New Mexico is cutting edge. New Mexico. uh, They are putting into their constitution uh, the right to child care. Really? Yeah, so roughly... I mean, it's the typical parent, a single parent, Mm -hmm. it's 37% of their income is paying for child care. Right. So, I mean, that's a whole bunch of money that is not going to feed the kid. It's not going to give the kid the best life. Child care is insane. So insane. And then, uh, yeah, anywhere between uh, upwards of 400% of the poverty poverty line is now in the New Mexico Constitution, the right to child care. Um, and they're the first state to do so, um, which I think is So how is that fantastic. handled? Is it, is it uh, uh, state taxes that are paying for child care that then pay the yeah. child care providers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's what our taxes are for, right? Like... <laughs> they should be. <laughs> should be. No, it's all going towards the military. That's cool. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm twitching in libertarian here. Uh, but no, see, I, I think that is that is great. There, There's absolutely a time and a place for utilizing public funds for things like that. And I think that's huge to be mm-hmm. able to provide that for families because there's so many families that could better themselves if they could afford to send their kids to mm-hmm. childcare, but for a lot of people, it is more expensive to pay for childcare than for one of the parents to stay home with the kids. Yeah, and I mean, and typically that's what's being taken out of your taxes a year, anyways. Right. So I mean, it's these are working people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting childcare to go to work. Yeah. It's not. You know, there's going to be those people who'll be like, "Oh, I don't want to give people things." Right. But it's not welfare. It's not yeah. even like SNAP or anything, which everybody should have the right to a Absolutely. roof over their head and food in their stomach. Yes. But I mean, these are working people. The money is being taken out of their paycheck, anyways. Yeah. I mean, finally, it's being used to help them. Right. For good purposes. Right. Instead of just being wasted. But I, I do feel I, I will always try to not go on any political rants here. But I uh, read an article that said that taxes were there – was, there was a, uh, an accounting group that essentially audited uh, where tax dollars were being used. And it was determined that over 40% of the annual taxes that are collected go to programs that have been determined to produce nothing, mm. that don't accomplish anything. So – I, I think it's great to to use taxes to genuinely help people. It's just so frustrating when they're it's just when you actually look up what yep. taxes are actually being spent on. Yep, just disappear. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> the Air Force spending like a hundred k 
uh, on a desk. Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. Where is it really going? Yeah. Well, I mean, they'd really, yeah, exactly. I mean, JFK even called and you can listen to the tape of uh, him yelling at a general for spending $100,000 on a desk. Well, it's all going to the contrails. They're right. using that money to make the contrails to control our minds. That's what it was. Uh, all right. Well, folks, that wraps up this week's episode of Well, That's Horrible. Remember to send in your own horrible stories, and we will read them on the show. Please like, rate, and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. Come back next week when we talk about Peter Curtin, the vampire of Dusseldorf. Remember that it's way harder to clone a human than you think, and always remember to make the world a little less horrible. Well, 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 that's horrible. Now I have that stupid Ed Sheeran song stuck in my head. <laughs> you did it to yourself. I did. <laughs> <clears throat>